You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. The CDC's National Center for Health Statistics reported from its most recent data, approximately 91% of the U.S. adults aged 20 to 64 had dental caries in permanent teeth. Now, what is dental caries? It is uh, cavities, cavities. So the prevalence increases to 93% for those above 65-year-olds. Wow. And the World Health Organization has stated that dental decay is one of the most infectious non-communicable diseases globally. Now, the thing is this, if the dental decay becomes a deeper problem, then a root canal treatment may be in order, which actually hits over 50 million people per year. But maybe there's an alternative treatment to root canals because I know for a lot of you out there, it is not a fun procedure. So today on Wellness for Life, we are going to talk with Dr. James McCall, who who's a clinical professor at the University of Illinois, the Chicago School of Dentistry in the Department of Endodontics. He is here to share some new types of endodontic procedures that is available today. Wow. Welcome, Dr. Bacall. Thank you, Dr. Suzanne, for having me on your show today. Uh, it's so excited to talk about this because, you know, root canal has been the treatments for root canals have pretty much been the same type of treatments for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, however long it's been. They do the exact same thing. Can you just briefly explain what a root canal is at least, and then oh. let's go into this new procedure that you're pioneering? Yes, absolutely. Well, root canal procedure involves the removal of the dental pulp, and the dental pulp in, in layman's term is the tooth, blood, and nerve supply. And what happens is this pulp becomes either inflamed or infected due to, as you mentioned, dental decay. And unfortunately, you have to go in then and remove the entire nerve portion within the tooth, and then you place a material called gutta percha and a dental sealer in there. And what happens then is then the, the tooth is then restored with a permanent filling or a crown. And although the nerve and the blood supply within the tooth is not there, anymore and is thought about as a dead tooth, it still remains in your mouth because the uh, fibers or the periodontal ligaments that hold the tooth to the, to the bone still remain intact. So a patient can function uh, a lifetime with maintaining a tooth that's had a root canal treatment. Uh, there's one thing that I do want to point out that today's root canal treatment is extremely safe and effective in saving a patient's tooth. It's performed with local anesthesia and high-tech instruments, which allows for complete patient comfort during the procedure. Well, I totally get it. I understand that, you know what, root canal, what we want to do is I want to save teeth. You know, a teeth to me is is a living uh, a structure, living part of our body. But of course, when you pull out the blood flow plus the nerve, it's created a situation where you have the actual uh, tooth there, but without it being... Um, sourced with with blood. I, I think the thing that a lot of the uh, integrative doctors, as well as myself, are concerned is the residual infection that is left there. And ultimately, over the number of years, and I'm talking about, you know, maybe 10 years, 15 years, the tooth has got to be pulled out uh, or pulled out. And then you put an implant in that in, in replacement. I personally have had my share of root canals and every one of them had to be pulled out, doc. 
Well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. And what you're referring to is uh, an old thought process back in the turn of the century, literally back in the late 1800s, early uh, 1900s, where they talked about focal infection. And unfortunately, Dr. Suzanne, a lot of that is, is junk science. It never was proven. And I know that recently there was some uh, buzz in the media about that root canal teeth cause other systemic ailments. And unfortunately, it was a, it, it, it scared the public, but in reality, the public could take great um, uh, uh, non-concern as far as that root canals will not harm them, and they're very effective. And when teeth get pulled out due to uh, having root canals, there's other factors that are involved. It's not necessarily um, due to an infection or inflammation. But the bottom line is that root canal treatment in itself is, is very effective and safe uh, for patients to undergo. Hmm. Well, well, you know what you talked about, or what we're here to talk about is really about the new procedure that you, you have been working on. And I've, you've written about it quite a bit because I took a look at some of the studies and uh, some of the work that, that's online regarding vital pulp cryotherapy. Can you tell the difference between that and a root canal treatment? Yes. Um, well, let me explain. First of all, when we talk about cryotherapy, uh, it's cold therapy. And the goal of cryotherapy and medical use is to remove the heat by lowering the temperature of a person's body tissue. And vital pulp cryotherapy is a dental procedure that can be an alternative to root canal treatment that we developed at the University of Illinois College of Dentistry. This procedure involves the placement of sterile ice on an exposed pulp. And once again, that's the technical term for a tooth, blood, and nerve supply. This Exposure of the pulp can occur due to the removal of tooth decay. The application of sterile ice lowers the temperature of the tooth's blood and nerve supply, and this clinically has been shown to reduce post-treatment tooth pain and inflammation. It is important to note that after performing the cryotherapy procedure, a bioactive filling material and a permanent tooth filling are then placed in the tooth. And where it differs from root canal treatment is that, as I mentioned, root canal treatment, we're removing the tooth's blood and nerve supply, where in vital pulp cryotherapy, we're maintaining that. And in doing so, you maintain um, the vitality of the, of the nerve and the blood supply, i.e. the pulp, that helps to fight against, you know, um, infection and inflammation through maintaining its immunomechanism. Wow. So what I'm hearing is that the nerves and, and the tissues within the tooth is, is saved. You're, you're saving that tooth and that by using cryotherapy, and a lot of people have heard of cryotherapy recently, um, Wim Hof, you know, going to the ice bath and, uh, utilizing, uh, cryo machine, cryotherapy machines. We've used it, of course, in physical therapy and rehab. Being that I was a sports doctor, ice is one of the first, first, um, uh, ways to reduce inflammation and get rid of that pain and really help start uh, the healing process. So what's interesting is that you're using cryotherapy. Now I saw in one of the, um, studies uh, that you, uh, that's online that you actually use shavings of purified ice. Right. Is that we correct? use sterile. The sterile. That's what I'm sorry. Not purified, but sterilized ice. Can you talk about that, that little, because, um, it's so different, um, from, you know, I thought maybe there would be like a, a machine creating, you know, the, the, um, cold temperature. I shouldn't say cold, but the lower temperature, but you actually use the ice. Right. And what we found is, you know, once again, uh, as humble as we are, we didn't invent cryotherapy. Now, we did develop, you know, vital pulp cryotherapy as a dental procedure. But 
is a medical treatment, as you know, cryotherapy goes back thousands of years to early Egyptian culture. And the, but the evidence-based medical literature on the benefits of cryotherapy really began in the early 1960s. And as you mentioned, when we look at the medical literature, we look at what cryotherapy can do from the systemic aspect of the body. And one, it reduces nerve pain response. And an example of this to say that you tweak or hurt your back, well, the first thing you do before you even grab that bottle of Advil or ibuprofen is put ice on your back and it's like, ah, oh, that relief. And that relief is the slowing of the nerve pains which is the technical term for the nociceptors that fire up through your central nervous system up to your brain where a person subjectively processes pain. The second thing cryotherapy has been shown to do on a medical level is reduce hemorrhaging through vasoconstriction, so closure or closing of the vasculature system in that area, and edema. And an example of this is say that you're running and you sprained your ankle. Well, once again, just like my back analogy, before you grab that bottle of Advil or ibuprofen, you're going to put ice on your ankle to reduce the swelling so you don't get that classic swollen ankle, and that's the edema or the fluid building around the ankle. Third, cryotherapy reduces inflammation, and lastly, cryotherapy helps reduce a patient's need after a medical procedure for post-op, medica- for post-op pain medications. So we take those full four principles of cryotherapy and we apply it towards tooth um, and, and application on the pulp, once again, the tooth, blood, and nerve supply, we see the same results because we've actually observed a significant reduction in a patient's need for pain medications following vital pulp cryotherapy procedures. Uh, most patients aren't even taking Advil or ibuprofen post-treatment. And that's where we got really excited about saying, you know, this same benefit of where we see the use within medical aspect with cryotherapy, we're seeing the same within dental. Mm, great. Well, let me ask you this. How do you classify which patient, which dental patient needs the vital pulp cryotherapy versus then a real traditional root canal treatment? Well, great, great question, Dr. Suzanne. Although we've seen very good treatment outcomes from vital pulp cryotherapy on our patients, it is case specific, meaning that there are certain pretreatment requirements that need to be met before this treatment can be performed. And as you know, you can't use a medical procedure 100% of the time on every patient. So once again, there are limitations on, on when and what type of scenario that we would use this on a patient. But to put it in better perspective, Currently, as you mentioned, the American Association of Endodontists has reported there's approximately 15 million root canal procedures performed in the U.S. annually. Well, that actually translates into approximately 41,000 root canal treatments per day. We estimate that vital pulp cryotherapy will eliminate around 10% of these procedures or 1.5 million patients will not require root canal treatment per year in the U.S. That's actually a huge amount to me. That's a huge amount that we can save our our nerves. We can save our pulp. Wow. Now, if you guys started this up in your school, the dental, um, dental dentistry school in Illinois, University of Illinois, are you teaching this to dentists? Are you doing this so that you can you can really uh, help everyone in the United States and even globally uh, start using this procedure? 
Well, what we're doing is, you know, with any medical procedure, unlike when you buy an iPhone, you don't really do much research. You just, you want it and you get it from an impulse standpoint. But from healthcare, as you know, there's an evidence-based literature that needs to start um, evolving for a, a practitioner to start understanding and then start integrating it into their practice. So what we have done, since we have pioneered this procedure, uh, we publish in peer-reviewed journals, and I am definitely out lecturing on it to our colleagues on, you know, talking about vital pulp cryotherapy. But as you know, in every evolution in a paradigm shift, it's usually a five to 10 year uh, cycle as far as with, you know, getting uh, practitioners to start understanding that, reading the literature and creating the evidence base. So to answer your question is, yes, we are. But when you see the mass usage of this technique, uh, we'll probably see it, you know, in the next three to five years, you'll start seeing it become more standard of care, uh, per se, out in the field. Wow. I mean, so what we're talking about is something really like um, cutting edge right now. It's not available as much, but it can't. How about at your at your university? Uh, do you have a the dental school? Often the dentists, um, they can do some of the testing through that. Or at least someone who, let's say someone who wants to try it. Do you guys just do trials right now and you're just um, handpicking the, the patients that you're going to work on? Well, we we started out that way looking at doing clinical studies and we're doing a joint clinical study uh, in Mont with Montefiore Hospital in New York. And we're trying to build the number of patients we've seen, but we're beginning to see very good outcomes. And as we see these outcomes, we continue to publish. The good news is, is that now that we're publishing and setting the standards within the peer-reviewed journal, we're setting up this evidence-based type support, and more and more practitioners are contacting us at the university to hear more about it and want to learn more about it, and that's a normal protocol for uh, people outside in, pra in private practice to learn new techniques and then to apply them to their patients. Mm, got it. And some of the images that I saw, it looks like just like root canal, you know, if there's, if you need one, uh, the, the endodontist drills off the top of the tooth in, or, or let's say it's a, even, even if it was a capped tooth, drills through it, exposes that pulp. And it looks like that's what you've got to do as well. Do you, when you're doing the vital pulp ther cryotherapy, do you have to expose a bigger portion? Because with a root canal, you just, I know that they use these tiny little, um, like needle-like uh, wires that go down into the each root area to remove some of the pulp. But how about when you're doing the vital pulp cryotherapy? Do you have to remove a larger portion to to really bring down the temperature of the pulp? Well, uh, what you're referring to is we at a standard root canal procedure, uh, the endodontist who's a specialist in, in endodontic treatment and endodontic surgery, or the general dentist who's practicing and doing uh, root canal procedures, uses endodontic files to remove that uh, blood and nerve supply, as we've talked about, the dental pulp. In vital pulp cryotherapy, it's very minimum amount of removal of the actual pulp. And by putting the cold on it and reducing the temperature, as I mentioned, getting the benefits of the reduction of the inflammation and the pain nerve response, 
and getting the reduction of the hemorrhage and the edema, that's where we're seeing the benefits. Now, one of the things that, as I mentioned, what you need to do after the ice, we put a bioactive material on along with a tooth-colored filling that goes in the tooth. And we treat it as a permanent scenario and hopefully to see long-term outcomes from this procedure. So the paradigm shift is we don't need to remove as much as the pulp as we used to in these cases. And, and as you also refer to, uh, this is caused by dental decay that enters into the nerve and it's a classic tooth pain and toothache that a patient uh, feels that gets them to come to the dentist for treatment. Mm-hmm. Great. So what's the bioactive material you have to add prior to putting on the uh, dental material to seal it up? Well, what we do is we use a, a material that's used in medicine. It's called EDTA or ethylene diamine tetracetic acid, long-term for a very good medication that uh, medicine uses for wound healing. So we, we irrigate the, the nerve and the surrounding dentin with that. And then we put on bioglass or bioceramic type material. And it's very compatible with the nerve and the blood supply and the stem cells and the pulp and the growth factors that are in the pulp. And then we put on a restorative material material, um, and people are, are used to hearing the term composite or, or a tooth-colored material that's placed in the tooth. And what's unique about this is this whole procedure, once the decay is removed, it's only about 10 to 15 minutes uh, for the cryotherapy procedure to be completed, whereas a root canal treatment can be one to two hours over one to two patient visits, where vital pulp cryotherapy uh, is definitely uh, performed in one treatment visit. Wow, that really makes a big difference too. You being having less pain sitting in the dental chair and boy, you know, cuz it can be I know I've had like I said I've had some root canals myself and and um it's not a pretty picture and I I'd, I'd like to know also is you know often with root canals um some doctors prescribe antibiotics because you know depending on how bad the infection is if there was a major infection that they're concerned of it going more into systemically how about with cryotherapy uh, do you find that you'll you'll also use antibiotics prescribe antibiotics for that Great question, Dr. Suzanne. Unfortunately, you don't need to use antibiotics in this procedure because a vital pulp has been shown in the literature to have no bacterial component. So it means that um, it's more inflammation than infection. So you don't need antibiotics. It's just strictly reducing the inflammation. And that's where the cryotherapy portion comes in by reducing the temperature of the pulp uh, dramatically affects the way it responds, just like the rest of the body is like by analogies, by placing ice on your back or your ankle. We've been shown in our studies and the way you know we've seen responsive patients that it's very effective in reducing this inflammation within the, the dental pulp. Mm. What I'm hearing about this, which is really interesting, is that if you catch it properly at the right time, when you've got inflammation, when you've got the pain, there is a way to handle it without having to, um, you know, get rid of infection. And it was, it's before catching it before the infection. That's key to possibly being the uh, uh, right type of, of patient to be able to get vital pulp therapy, uh, cryotherapy, which is awesome too. So we really got to take better care of our mouths and follow up and, and uh, make sure that we're not we're not letting this infection, if it is an infection for it to continue, because that's when you can, you might really need uh, the, the root canal. Right, exactly. Just like in medicine, it applies to dentistry too. The more preventative a patient can be, 
the better long-term health they'll maintain without maximum amount of treatment that requires, unfortunately, that we always wait till it hurts or I'm bleeding or something's wrong before seeing our physician or a dentist. And especially in dentistry, it's a domino effect disease. So if you can prevent decay from happening, you'll have a, a smile for life and healthy teeth and, and, being, and, and not being in pain. But if you let decay occur and you keep pushing it off and then it hits the nerve and from the nerve, the inflammation becomes infection. And then like you said, you get a little bit of the infection around the outside of the tooth, which breaks down the bone and the tooth becomes loose and then the patient's swollen and they end up having to extract the tooth. You, if you start higher up before all those dominoes start, you know, kind of tilting over due to dental disease, the better a patient will be. So we're always pushing preventative dental treatment. But in cases where, uh, the, you know, decay is like I talked about, um, you know, got into the pulp, at vital pulp cryotherapy in the right case is a very effective treatment. Mm, that is super exciting. Now, you know, on Wellness for Life here, we I'm all about what can our our audience take away with what can we do today to prevent? And you being an endodontist, I really love your take. We know what dentists tell us, brush your teeth, floss, and if you're lucky, we can do a water pick. How about you? What, what do you recommend for our, our uh, pulp how we can save our pulp and keep it healthy? Well, the best thing is, like I said, for your audience to be as preventative as possible with dental, with their dental health and, and, and take, you know, accountability for their dental health and see their, their dentist every six months. And that's based on research, not just on arbitrary number that decay and, and dental problems can occur within a six-month period. So if they um, see their dentist every six months and have their teeth clean and they brush their teeth and they floss their teeth. Everything does make a difference. Say, you know, in between appointments, they have something sweet. Well, simple things like just using some water. Everyone carries around bottled water these days. Just swish your mouth with it to reduce the, the bacterial count and the sugar count um, that will help prevent decay. And as far as gum disease, I mean, the research has shown a lot of gum disease can affect other aspects of the body systemically. So people, I've always say, have a smile for life, and you'll get that if you're preventative and you go and see your dentist every six months. Right, right. And my I, point I, is that you won't yep. see me as an endodontist having to do vital pulp <laughs> cryotherapy or root canal treatment. That's right. I'm, I'm a big believer. You want to keep your teeth as long as you can. You know, and um, not pulling it out and not getting uh, implants uh, the best you can. And so uh, oral care is a big part of your health. Uh, one thing that I noticed quite a bit, and I wanted to get your take on it, is that I treat also people that are going into uh, the 50s and 60s. And, and that I find that people who've got uh, more bone loss and, and my belief in the receding of the gums is actually because they're losing the bone that the tooth is sitting in. And so then the, the gums are more loose and they're receding so that it can keep on attaching, keeping it on the bone. Uh, what's your take on, on that the gum disease? Well, once again, I, I'm not a periodontist who is a specialist in gums, but I do understand it as an endodontist. And the bottom line is, is that inflammation and infection can affect the mouth. It can affect any other part of your body. And when the the gum or the or the bone within the oral cavity is affected by inflammation or infection, 
the body responds that way of, you know, reduction of bone like you're talking about or inflamed gums or tooth decay. And once again, we the problem has been, and, and I've been in this profession long enough that when I first was educated as a dental student, there was a disconnect between oral health and systemic health. But now, especially yourself as a, as a physician understands that it's such a connection and that the body responds the same way and so does the mouth. So once again, preventative treatment, um, seeing your dentist every six months, preventing this from can occur, you can live into your 80s and 90s and have healthy bone and healthy teeth and healthy gums. So we used to think, oh, you're getting old, you're going to have all this disease no matter what. It's not true. With good oral hygiene, you can maintain, like I said, your teeth and your gums uh, for a lifetime. That's the best takeaway. We have to continue. That's awesome. Thanks so much. And you know what? I know that uh, you're from the University of Illinois, the Chicago School of Dentistry and the Department of, of Endodontics. You can definitely go to their website for more information. And that's dentistry.uic.edu. And amazing information. This is cutting edge stuff. I really look forward to having more doctors learn this procedure in the next 10 years. Thanks so much, Dr. Bacall. Wow, wow. Now, you've learned something here, you know, and it's given you great information so that, you know, share this with your loved ones. It can definitely change their life for the better. And if this is your first time listening in, please make sure you subscribe so I can definitely help you serve you with the most current natural health information available today. Connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne, and I really post regularly about trying to helping you become the best version of yourself through nutrition, self-care, lifestyle, and kimchi. And when it, you know, if you can definitely engage with me directly because I will respond to all of the comments personally. Now, if you want dig, you want to dig deeper with your health issues. I work with people globally all around the world through phone and Skype consultations. And you get that on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.